Renoites listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Renoites. My name is Connor McQuibby. I am your host. Thank you for joining me this week. This week on the podcast, I am welcoming Tucker Rash, the new program director at KWNK 97.7, Reno's local community radio station. We had an awesome conversation about what community radio is, his goals for the station, what kind of programming K-Wink provides and wants to provide, about the challenges of radio broadcasting in an era of streaming, the downsides of streaming and algorithmic surveillance, all kinds of interesting stuff. Really good conversation, and I'm very excited for you to check it out. This week's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, DJ Trivia. I host Trivia at several venues around town for DJ Trivia. It's a super fun job, and it's super fun to play. It's free to play. There's prizes to be won. We have venues all over town. You can check it out at djtrivianevada.com to see all of our locations and find one close to you. Find a host that you like. Find a venue that you like. Come out and play. We also have an automatic league season that just began. Just by playing at the same venue each week and using the same team name, you're automatically participating in the league and have a chance to compete in our championship at the end of the league season. If you have any questions about DJ Trivia, feel free to shoot me an email, Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at renoites.com, or get in touch with me about the show or anything at all. Feel free to email me. I love feedback from my listeners. And now, this week's guest, Tucker Rash. Tucker Rash, welcome to Renoites. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Excellent. So you have a new role as the program director at K-Wink, which is a community radio station. So a good place to start is for people who aren't familiar with K-Wink or don't really know what that means, a community radio station. Can you just talk a little bit about what K-Wink is and then your new role as the program director? What are you going to be doing? What does that that mean? Totally. So KWNK is the first freeform FM radio station in Reno, and it's entirely powered by listeners and volunteers. So a couple of years ago in 2017, we fundraised to start this radio station just after, you know, local community leaders like at places like the Reno Bike Project and the Holland Project and even Wolfpack Radio, they, they noticed that we were sort of lacking a genuine voice for the underground community here in town. So all got together and cultivated the community radio station where, you know, anyone is free to apply and play the kind of music that they want and talk about ideas and events that are specific to our local community here in Reno. As program director, um, I'm going to be overseeing the actual uh, schedule and programming of the station. So my role will primarily focus on making sure that the programming accurately reflects KWNK's mission in supporting the local underground arts and music community. Gotcha. So how does that compare to traditional radio? Because a lot of people who don't listen to the radio that much anymore think of the radio station as like morning drive time shows and top 40 countdown shows and pop music all day or whatever genre, like the, the hits of whatever genre it is. But community radio is more focused on individual DJs bringing their own tastes to it. Is that a pretty good way to put it? Or what kind of programming is on K-Wink right now? Can you tell us about maybe a couple shows that you have and what people might experience when they tune in? Totally. So yeah, I think you said it best yourself too. Like you sort of laid out 
the exact uh, format that most radio stations have. They have a couple shows like, you know, primarily a morning show, you know, like a, a drive home show and then like a variety mix or top 40 mix during the day. So ultimately, they may have as little as one to three DJs working for them. But as a community radio station, we want to sort of give that voice and give that outlet to as many people as possible. A few of my favorite shows at KWNK, um, one of them is Homecast, which is hosted by DJ Andrew. And he's been DJing in Reno for a long time, like back when Lincoln Lounge existed, which I'm old enough to remember, but I'm not old enough to ever have gone to. He DJed a regular weekly soul night there. So he already sort of has a name for himself as a DJ within the community. Plus, he's just so knowledgeable on music in general that having him as part of KWNK is so cool and so fun. Like listening to his show, I, f- I always feel like I learned something new. And even if the music he plays like isn't necessarily something I'd listen to on my own time, the fact that it's there and the fact that I get to discover it through him just feels so cool. And then let's see, um, another show that I absolutely love on K-Wink is called The Rhythm Section, hosted by DJ Elzo, who creates a completely live and organic new mix for each episode. And he does it all using physical records on two turntables. So like a lot of our DJs, they come in, they play music from a playlist or a playlist in combination with records. But Elzo, he does the whole thing from his turntables while incorporating live scratching and mixing and effects. And I love having that on the station because that's like a really interesting facet of DJing is the fact that he's putting his own flair on other people's work. And it just makes it so much more interesting to hear. And it's just great to have that as an opportunity for listeners to experience. Mm -hmm. And I think with having more DJs, the traditional radio stations, like you said, might just have a few DJs a day and they're playing content that's basically syndicated across a a bunch of different radio stations around the country. And there's not actually that much personal input from the DJs at regular radio stations. But do you think that by having a great number of DJs and show hosts that it lets you do more variety and have more kind of individual takes on, on what they want to present? Like is the number of DJs a big important key to that? Yeah, I I think it is an important key in conjunction with the types of people who are given shows at KWNK. You know, a lot of the people who host their shows on KWNK, they're either, you know, lifelong music lovers or lifelong citizens of Reno, or they're, they participate in local bands and local art. So they're in tune with the underground and with the kinds of music and ideas that you're not going to hear on those syndicated platforms that you described. So ultimately, they all end up being an expert in their own niche and their own genre that they can share with the community at large through the airwaves. Awesome. Yeah, I think that this combination of kind of amateurism and being new to something like you're looking for new hosts for shows right now. Right. And a lot of people that are applying, I'm guessing have not hosted a radio show before or are they're new to it. But I think that having a structure and a place where you are kind of welcoming to people who are doing new things and doing things differently and helping them find the best way to do it seems like a good way of working 
So how is that relationship generally going to work with new hosts and new DJs? And what's your role either as program director or K-Wink in general in kind of helping those hosts or DJs make the best show that they can? Or, or what's the what's the benefit for them of doing a show with K-Wink and what do they get to learn and experience by partnering with, you know, an established station that's doing the work already with other hosts? Because of the variety and because of how many DJs we have, me and my coworkers at the station, we have a lot of experience in managing DJs and producing a wide variety of radio shows. So I think we do have like an interesting amount of knowledge when it comes to creating an effective show that people are engaged with and that they would like to tune into. And also that convinces them to become an active listener of the station and support us by becoming a donor member, you know? So the relationship with new DJs is honestly like one of the most fulfilling parts of the job because we get DJs from all walks of life. By listening to the radio station just as a listener, it's very noticeable that it's a very diverse group of people. But being behind the scenes in a role like my own and actually forming relationships with these people and getting to meet them, it just feels like my mind is constantly expanding. It it feels like my horizons are always broadening and I'm so welcoming to that concept. And I just love the fact that, you know, at our station, we have DJs from ages 17 to, I think our oldest DJ is around 65. And just that that, uh, difference in life experience and knowledge and preferred styles and genres really creates a genuinely diverse community that is most likely more representative of our community here in Reno than any other station on the FM. Yeah, we talked a little bit the other day about the inability to to track listenership when you're doing broadcast radio. And we've kind of shifted in recent years to this constant focus on, on numbers, on algorithms, on metrics, all of that kind of stuff that is the behind the scenes to measure how you're doing. And very often it is post to post or show to show. You have this immediate feedback of like how many people are listening, that kind of stuff. And I experienced that in kind of the podcast world. But we talked a little bit about how in broadcast radio, you can't really measure how many people are tuning in. You just are sending the signal out there. Do you think that is, is that freeing? Does that give you more room to do more creative things because you're not beholden to trying to count every single listener. And what are the the drawbacks of not being able to have that kind of tracking? Like, what do you, what do you enjoy about that? And what are the challenges of that kind of format? So let's just start off with the challenges because I think there are far fewer challenges than there are um, advantages for this. So a challenge for that is it is kind of difficult to measure exactly who our primary demographics are. So at the end of the day, as a radio station that, you know, needs more listeners and needs more people involved and would like to have more members and more support, it can be really hard to figure out what kinds of people our content is working with and what kinds of people we could be better at reaching. So that is probably the main and biggest challenge due to that fact. But when you don't necessarily have to worry about how others will think of you because you don't know who's even listening, I feel like you're going to cultivate a radio show or a program or whatever 
that's more organic and more genuine to the kind of person that you actually are, which in turn is a more accurate reflection of Reno as a whole, of our community. So I love the fact that working in radio, you know, you get on the air, you broadcast an idea, you broadcast your voice, and it just goes out there into the world, and there's no way for you to know who's listening unless they reach out to you. And knowing that, it seems as if, you know, maybe you might not hear back from people. Like maybe you just broadcast into the void and no one ever responds. But the opposite is true. Like a lot of our DJs set up their own little like hotlines or emails so that people can reach out and talk to them. So ultimately at the end of the day, they are even furthering that concept of community by interacting on a one-on-one level with the listeners. People reach out all the time and say like, oh man, you played, you know, uh, like Your Woman by White Town. I love that song so much or whatever. Just it's so refreshing to see people in the community really responding positively to songs that you wouldn't hear on any other station. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that some of the shows have their own like Instagram accounts. So I follow a handful of K-Wing DJs on Instagram. So that's good that they have that ability to reach to their listeners directly and get feedback that way. Totally. Yeah, we, we definitely encourage people to like market their shows as intensely as we market the station as a whole because that's how we grow, you know? And that's the beautiful thing about community radio is because so many people are involved. Yes, we may be a nonprofit, like somewhat smaller radio station compared to others in the area, but ultimately we have strength in numbers. You know, we have all these people volunteering for us that have different connections and different friends. And at the end of the day, that translates to wider reach and a bigger support system in a larger community. How did you get into working in radio? You're, I think you said the youngest member of the K-Wing team or close to it, but you've had a lot of experience in radio. So we talked a little bit about even from a very young age. So what's your story with, with broadcasting, with radio, with music? Uh, I know that you went to the Reynolds School of Journalism, right, at UNR. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your what's your path from being interested in radio until where you are now directing programming? Yeah, so as a young teenager, I'd always been very interested in music. I think I'm primarily influenced by my dad, who a lot of people in Reno know him too, and it probably comes as no surprise that he is very passionate about arts and music and you know, raised his kids to value those things similarly. So growing up, music was always around. And it wasn't like, let's turn on the radio and listen to, you know, the latest like top 40 variety hour or whatever. My dad was always showing me the deep cuts, like pulling out his seven inches from the 80s and 90s. And that's what I listened to growing up. So that cultivated a genuine and very passionate interest in music and art for me. And as I got older, that sort of translated into me seeking out those environments for myself. I think the youngest I was going to a local show here, I remember going to a show at the Holland Project before they even had a primary venue. They were hosting a show at the Rain Shadow like alternative school. And I went to that when I was nine years old, you know? So it's just like, I, I basically was raised by these communities and As I got a little bit older and started realizing that everybody has the power to create and to be involved and to contribute their voice, I really wanted to get involved and I was really motivated to do so. So 
I sort of looked for that path on my own though, like as an individual. When I was around 14 years old, I really became obsessed with the idea of radio, mostly because of the very concept that we're talking about, just the mysterious vibe of it, the aspect of it where you're sort of broadcasting ideas into a void and who knows if anyone's listening, but the fact that you're expressing something at all should be fulfilling enough. I was so enthralled by that idea that I started my own online radio show called Rash Radio, where you know, mostly I was just going through my dad's record collection and playing them for strangers. And like people would tune in and, and comment and say like, wow, this is so cool. Like, thanks for doing this or whatever. And it wasn't like the listenership was large or anything, but just, just having that outlet was so fun and so fulfilling. And throughout the years, I continued to pursue those things. Like for a while, as a teenager, I was involved in local theater and a play that I acted in was asked to host a recurring show on an AM station in town. So that was like my first real uh, foray into physical radio. All the while, I was still hosting my own online radio show and just making music on the side and being involved in audio creation in that way. And eventually, at the age of 17, I started hearing talk about you know, a community radio station being formed in town. And I immediately just dove headfirst into a volunteer opportunity. So I began working or volunteering for KWNK in 2017, in the summer of 2017, before we were even on the air. I, I helped out selling popcorn to fundraise for the station to actually get on its feet. And uh, my my drive to help out and my passion for the concept lended itself to me being sort of taken on as a volunteer programmer and uh, engineer back then. So I helped recruit some of our first DJs. I helped edit their shows. And I've been around at the station in some capacity ever since then, taking breaks here and there to focus more on like going to the university and, and all that. But still lending my skills whenever I could to help out with like a monthly special or a show or, or whatever. And then just last year, I sort of talked to the general manager and, you know, more of the people behind the scenes at K-Wink and sought out, um, you know, more of like a, an actual sort of job there. And that planted the seeds for me to take on this position as program director today. I sort of interned learning the ropes of the program director position and now i can actually say that i'm you know an employee of kwnk which is pretty cool yeah that's awesome so what are your hopes for things to accomplish in this new role you are starting as this program director we're coming out of the pandemic so i know there's some shifting which we can talk about in a minute from kind of the pandemic mode of creating content and the way that djs relate to each other you know, when they're recording remotely, but just generally, it seems like a lot of changes are happening. Everyone's coming out of pandemic mode. You're in a new role. So what do you want to do with K-Wink? What is your, your plan? What are your ideas? Where do you want it to go? My motivations primarily lie within the real desire for myself to be a leader and to uplift others, especially others who wouldn't necessarily be given a chance or a voice 
in like a traditional media company or group or organization, which is exactly why you mentioned it earlier, but I studied journalism at UNR and I went down that path because I was really curious about the inner workings of media because I've never been fond of media. It has always driven me crazy. I think the things that are publicized the most and the things that sell the most and garner the most attention are gruesome, violent, and basically twisted and sickening. So my goal as a program director is to continue uplifting a more positive community, to, to continue giving a voice to things that people feel genuinely passionate about instead of genuinely afraid of. Yeah, I think that's important. I think I agree with you that a lot of mainstream media, and this extends to social media too, is driven by outrage and fear and anger and all of these negative emotions. So having that as a priority for what you want to do of bringing more positivity and people who are passionate about projects that they're working on, I think is something that's kind of missing in the media world. Do you think that radio is a particularly conducive format for that compared to other forms of media? That's sort of something that I'm beginning to navigate now as I transition into this position. And it, it sort of goes hand in hand with uh, not truly being aware of who the listenership is and who our demographics are. So this ties into a concrete example of what one of my first uh, goals is at KWNK. My first job as program director is going to be to conduct a few really intense surveys regarding the community, the types of people who are listening, and what's working on the station and what's not working, which goes back to my primary goal of just uplifting the community. Radio, I think, can be a beautiful medium for informing the immediate local community. So if we're not if we're not uplifting those voices and offering pertinent and applicable info to the people who inhabit the vicinity of where our FM signal goes, then we're failing as a local radio station. So that's the first step that I'm taking to address those potential issues and sort of begin working on those goals. Mm. Yeah, it is a good point that with radio, it really specifically has to or should be local because there is that limited reach. Everything on the internet can go anywhere, but radio has this specific geographical boundary. So it seems it would lend itself to more local content. And it's good that there's community radio that's taking that as a serious priority with their programming as opposed to, you know, the more syndicated networks or syndicated radio stations. One thing that I've done in like preparation for this more legit role instead of just a volunteer position at the station is I've sort of gone and done a lot of research about other community radio stations and the history of community radio as a concept. I've learned that some of the origins of community radio are exactly to serve that local purpose. There were many politically motivated stations that cropped up in Latin America in the 40s and 50s to address political turmoil and to inform citizens on what was happening and how to stay safe within these uh, harsh and violent environments. 
you know, we're lucky to be like living in a place where, you know, that is not, that's not what we need to do by having a radio station. We don't need to like inform citizens of some kind of political violence or turmoil, but we can still use that platform to address similar ideas. We can address local problems and issues and inform the community just to be better citizens of Reno. Yeah, I know that a lot of the programming is music, but is there also political content, talk content? Is that part of the programming mix that you hope to see? Yeah, um, and this this totally ties back to what you were talking about earlier, just the format of other stations. You know, you you mentioned that most other stations have like, you know, morning commute news hour or news segment. And that's something that we have experimented with at KWNK, but we haven't actually implemented. But the familiarity of that format is definitely easy for listeners to consume. So as soon as we're able to do that and actually focus on pressing issues that are concerning to our community and aren't concerning to, you know, like a national news organization that would talk about something else on a different frequency, people can tune in and think about and hear what's happening right here in our own city. They can figure out how they want to take part in it, how they want to feel about it. And offering that kind of education will be really important, I think. And that's that's just another goal as program directors, flushing out those pieces of the schedule that are missing. Because to answer your question more concretely, we don't really have anything like that at the moment. Um, I'd say the closest thing we have is Ilya's show, Soft Power Radio, which features a mix of music, but he also interviews local activists and representatives of social justice organizations and does a great job at attempting to inform Reno on issues that are happening here in our own city and how we can get involved if we care to. I know that there's partnership between several of these local organizations, which I didn't realize when I heard about K-Wink, I didn't know that there was this tie-in with the Reno Bike Project and the Holland Project and Wolfpack Radio. So can you talk a little bit about how K-Wink works in collaboration with those groups, both with the local music scene, which I'm sure ties in with what the Holland Project does, with UNR and their students, and that I'm sure is tied in with Wolfpack Radio. And then I'm not sure how the Reno Bike Project obviously it's a great organization, but they're the the founder of K-Wink, basically, right? So what's the connection between the bike project and the radio project? Is there any kind of programming around that? Uh, and what are those relationships like, basically, between the you know partner organizations? Totally. So, yes, Re- Reno Bike Project did begin the founding process for KWNK way back in the day because they applied for a radio license and just came to the conclusion that you know, to, to run an effective radio station, you're going to need the help of more people who, are, who may be more involved in like local music and things like that. So that's where the partnership with the Holland Project came in. Um, the Holland Project, you know, was there to offer those voices from the community, you know, people who are knowledgeable about the local music scene, people who are in local bands or people who are local artists, they could get involved in the community because those were the kinds of voices that the Reno Bike Project and the original founders of KWNK wanted to host on the airwaves. The connection with Wolfpack Radio, that was formed just to uh, sort of flush out the schedule and 
fill some of the dead air back in the day because that, that was the closest thing Reno had to a community radio station. So that partnership was just so that people at Wolfpack Radio, who at the time was operating primarily as just an online radio station, could also have their voices heard on the FM signal and have a more traditional radio experience. Plus, you know, they're young people, college radio. College radio is like the closest thing to what community radio's goals are. So that relationship came into play as well. We talked a little bit the other day about during the pandemic, some of the programming that you did with bands playing from home or these kind of like live stream radio shows. Can you talk a little bit about the the pandemic experience of creating these shows when maybe people couldn't come into the studio and kind of adapting to creating programming in a you know pandemic environment? Definitely. So yeah, our schedule did have to change somewhat profoundly during the pandemic because in the first lockdown, DJs weren't sure if they should come in to record and occupy that public space. So KWNK ended up teaching a lot of the DJs how to record at home using free software and, you know, borrowed equipment or loaned out equipment. And a lot of our DJs began producing their radio shows at home and sending them into the station to be aired. So that, that was like one of the biggest changes for sure, but it also did have an effect on the sort of content that we aired on KWNK. Because going back to your last question, that partnership with Holland um, in the past allowed us to bring in a lot of new voices on the air. You know, every time a new band would come to town to play at Holland, We'd see if they wanted to come be on KWNK for a little interview. We'd play a couple of their songs and inform the public that their show is going down at Holland this week or, you know, whatever was was going on. But through the pandemic, when that wasn't available, that wasn't happening, we had to change a couple of our shows that highlighted those things. Uh, the primary example is a show we had, and we still have called Surf's Up, which was meant to highlight new local releases and upcoming bands and musicians that were coming to play at Holland. But in the pandemic, we switched the focus of Surf's Up to be about what local musicians and members of bands have on their current rotation, what they're really into right now, what they're listening to, and what they're excited about, just to sort of maintain that positivity and appreciation for art when none of us were able to go out and see any bands play, and hang out with each other. So uh, we tried to make the most of it, in short, you know. That's definitely no replacement for that social environment, and we're, you know, we're still beginning to navigate back into that and figure out what's appropriate. But for the time in the pandemic, uh, that's what we tried to do, and I think it worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I know we talked about one of the challenges is like handing off from one show to another. If everyone is pre-recording their shows, mm -hmm. then you know they end their hour with, okay, thanks for listening. And then there's not that smooth handoff that you might have on another radio station. Like, oh, the other DJ steps into the studio and they say, oh, we're going to hand it off to this other person. And there's that kind of smoother transition that keeps people listening instead of this kind of cutoff from show to show. Are you hoping that there will be DJs back in the studio. What is that going to look like going forward? Are you trying to shift back away from the home recording? Or do you think that's going to be a significant part of 
the programming going forward now that everyone knows how to do it and it's become more normalized? What do you see the structure looking like going forward? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a combination because, you know, a lot of our DJs, they they love the fact that they've been able to hone their skills at home and that they feel like, you know, an autonomous DJ now. And that's a really cool experience for them. And I think it's great. And I would encourage them to continue experimenting with that because that's what will enable them to grow as DJs and as creators. But uh, we're currently looking into developing our summer schedule, which should be changing this month. And through that, we're bringing in a lot of new DJs that we've gotten through applicants last month. So those new DJs, they'll be coming into the studio. We'll be teaching them how to DJ and everything using our equipment. And we'll be maintaining that space for them so that we can train them. So I think there will be a combination, which is a great opportunity for me as program director because having that availability to work with people hands-on in the station definitely lends itself to all sorts of opportunities. I would like to host DJ workshops where even our at-home DJs come into the studio and we sort of talk about those customary uh, handoffs and just facets of the listening experience that make listening to a community station feel like it flows better because you're totally right. Like the worst thing you can say on the radio station is goodbye. (laughs) Nobody, nobody will stick around for that. You got to constantly tell listeners like what's going on because you never know who's tuning in and at what time. So you got to always tell them, you know, what station they're listening to, what the purpose of the station is, what show is on and what's coming up next, because that'll keep them interested. That'll help them make an informed decision on if they want to stick around. Plus, I think it's just a really healthy aspect of a community radio station, because what's good in having a literally described community radio station if we're not fostering that community? So by establishing those relationships between DJs, I think we can add a lot more validity to the fact that we call ourselves a community station. Mm-hmm. what do you have coming up on the schedule that you're excited about so there's a lot of new applications for shows a lot of new djs what's new and interesting that you think is exciting for the station there's definitely a bunch of new uh new shows that will be available in the coming weeks one that i'm really excited to see is a monthly show that's going to be dedicated to mma and combat sports and we've never had anything you know, that specific on the station before. And I just love the idea of really like focusing in your radio show. Like, yes, it may be an eclectic mix or it may be one genre or whatever, but at the end of the day, the host is going to be, you know, offering it to listeners in a way that it's dedicated to combat sports. And that is just so, so cool to me. I was actually talking to that DJ yesterday and he was telling me, uh, we were trying to coordinate like a time for him to come train at the station. And he was like, I'm going to go teach a jujitsu class this weekend in California and then I'm available. And so it's like, wow, this is going to be a really interesting show hosted by an expert in combat sports. And I can't wait to see the reception to that. And also just the fact that we're going to have that on the air is so cool. Like how novel is that? What other station has a combat sport radio hour or whatever? 
Yeah, I think I think it's cool that by having that diversity of hosts, it really does let you create shows that might not have as general or broad an audience, but might have a really loyal, committed audience that's tuning in every single time. So is that part of what goes into deciding what shows work and what shows don't is not necessarily how broad or mainstream they are, but how interesting or or unique they are that they can bring in an audience that might not listen to, you know, anything else, but they'll definitely tune in for that show that really speaks to them. Yeah, definitely. And that's a really interesting concept for radio too, because like we said earlier, you know, most stations are trying to get as many people's attention as possible. And, you know, in a way we're doing the same exact thing, but we're doing it through specificity. Uh, We're tackling shows and ideas that are specific to unique subgenres or things of interest. And through that, we can cultivate a larger audience. But yeah, as far as the DJ application goes, we definitely love taking on new novel ideas. There's another show that's going to be in the works now uh, that's focusing on, instead of a specific genre or style or topic, it's focusing on a geographic area. So each show will highlight like, These are all of the bands that come out of Dayton, Ohio, or just something like that. But I I just love that. I love the little unique novel aspects and things like that. They really thrive on community radio. There there is like an audience for it. And I love that. Yeah. And you were saying that even when you have DJs that play mainstream artists and well-known artists, oftentimes they'll be playing B-sides or they'll be playing stuff that you haven't heard before which I think is a good way to bring in people who might not necessarily have a taste for the really eclectic stuff and some of the stuff that's really outside their normal comfort zone, but they still want to hear something different that they haven't heard before or some other angle to the artist that they already know. And from an actual host, an actual DJ who is curating that rather than the you know algorithmic selection of Spotify. And that's one of the things that I think is a real value in the radio format with an actual DJ is I'm very used to streaming media, but Spotify doesn't have taste in music. It's just a computer that's serving up things based on what I've listened to. So I'm never really going to get anything truly new or truly recommended by a person. But when you listen to the radio and it's someone's actual view of this is a good song, this is what I want to bring to you. That does foster a sense of, Oh, there's a real person delivering a real song to me where you don't get that same experience with a lot of the streaming music services, right? Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's basically my primary personal motivation for getting involved in a station like this because, and it's one of the reasons why I chose to study journalism too. It's because I became aware of the fact that, you know, everybody's like Google search results are different. Everybody's Instagram feeds are different because it f- literally you know, it tracks your information, which you ultimately give to it at the end of the day. And it creates like a very unique profile on you, which sort of allows it to understand your interests almost as accurately as you understand them for yourself. And when I realized that, when I noticed that, I felt very grossed out by it. It just feels bad to have like a faceless corporate algorithm dictating my interests for me. So the organic approach to discovery 
is exactly what I want to cultivate. Because yeah, anybody can apply for a radio license, get their own low power station and plug in Spotify's top 50 playlist and succeed, you know, but that grosses me out. Like I cannot stand that. So having the opportunity to constantly broaden your horizons and discover new things that wouldn't even be in your peripheral if you hadn't tuned in is like really touching and beautiful to me. Mm. Do you think it's a challenge to get people back on the mode of listening or watching something or basically like tuning into something at a specific time when we've become so accustomed to everything being on demand? And is there an element of the on demand with K-Wink or is the focus to get people to turn on the radio to tune into their favorite shows or is it to create, you know, a mix of programming that people will want to turn on the radio any time of the day and find something new and interesting? What's your view on kind of the the approach to listening of streaming versus live and the challenges around that? I'm sure that's something that is a big factor of determining your programming, right? Definitely. Because, yeah, ultimately we are living in a world that values that uh, immediacy. We all want exactly what we want right now and we want it as soon as possible, if not like in seconds from now. And everybody has the ability to achieve that. We all have phones or computers and anybody can be like, you know, it'd make me feel so happy right now to listen to that one really, I don't know. I don't know. It can be anything, you know, that which is the point of it. So, and you have that at your fingertips. Everybody is so accustomed to that, that they might not necessarily even see any value in programming like what we have on KWNK because it's not immediate, it's unknown, and it's unpredictable. And a lot of people in in the modern world, I feel, are just ultimately afraid of that sort of change, of that diversity, the very thing that we're trying to highlight on the station. And it's really interesting for me to navigate this because I'm only 21 years old, which it's it's interesting because I can barely remember a time where that wasn't the norm. Like I just caught a glimpse of it as a young child. So it's not like I have the knowledge or expertise to understand what it is about those maybe what could be considered archaic formats, what made them appealing and what made people want to habitually tune in and learn something new. So that's probably like one of my biggest challenges in in the new role because I would love to cultivate a community of people that values that, that values that unpredictability because I know for myself, I certainly love it. Like it just feels so good to, to tune in and here's just something weird, you know, that's the appeal of it. I could listen to Spotify and listen to my favorite songs over and over again and you get sick of it. But if you have this outlet where you can tune in and discover something new, you're going to find more artists that are going to change your life, that are going to influence you. And at the end of the day, it'll prevent you from overusing those mediums because I'm not criminalizing them or whatever. It's, I love the fact that I can like get on my computer and listen to my favorite podcasts whenever I want. But if I do that all the time, those things, I'm going to begin to take them for granted. And 
that's like no way of showing my appreciation for the music and art that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it speaks to something kind of innate in us that we want to be surprised and we want to discover new things that even you at you know, being young and growing up with everything on demand, there's still a part of you, even though you didn't grow up with it, that wants to turn on the radio and not know what you're going to get. I think there is there is something innate in us that wants that, that I think we're missing when we live entirely in a streaming and on-demand world. So it's encouraging to hear that that young people like yourself, even if they haven't grown up with it, still have this sense that, hmm, there's like something something we're missing now. And I think you nailed it. Is it, is that community aspect and it's that finding and discovering new things. So I'm glad that you're, you know, trying to bring that to people because it is something that I think is missing from a lot of people's, you know, media consumption lives is that element of the unknown and being recommended something by a real person, which just doesn't happen as much nowadays. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. Um, that. That's exactly how I feel because I don't have like, you know, that much life experience or history to compare the present to, but I definitely sort of fear for the future because the way these algorithms currently work is they thrive in keeping you tuned in to these platforms and these screens for as long as possible. And they do that by showing you things that you want to see, that you don't get sick of. And if everybody is just looking at the same things, the same individual things for themselves over and over again, I fear that they're going to be radicalized to become very close-minded. They're just used to seeing one thing over and over again, and they think that's the norm. And they don't realize that there's other complicated people out there who feel just as passionately about something else. And if we can begin to transition to a mutual understanding of each other and a mutual kind of open-mindedness and desire for discovery, we're going to grow together and we're going to grow exponentially, which reminds me, uh, there's like a, an old proverb I know that comes to mind. It's like, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others. And that's what we're missing. And KW and K offers that opportunity, I think. What else? What have we missed? What else do you want to tell people about K-Wink and, and radio and broadcasting and music? I, primarily, I want you to get involved. You know, I, I would love for, for more listeners to come to the station, you know, come to the studio, check it out, email us, see what's going on, see how you can get your podcast or your voice on the radio, because we'd love to have you. We welcome everybody at KW and K and we're always looking for new content and new ways to further diversity. So I guess I would just like to lend an invitation out to people to learn more about us at kwnkradio.org or even get in touch with me um, at tucker at kwnkradio.org to learn more about the station and how you can become involved. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really glad that things are getting up and running. I'm excited about your new role and uh, I'm sure you're going to do really great work. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast to talk about it. I think that it is a big priority of mine as well to try to build some sense of community and create conversations and let people hear from people that they wouldn't hear from otherwise. That's my hope for this podcast. And, and I'm encouraged to hear that k has similar goals in terms of creating that sense of community, 
I mean, it's community radio. It's in the name. So I think that it's good that you're doing that work and I'm glad you came on to talk about it. Likewise. Thank you so much. Uh, I definitely respect what you're doing with this podcast and can't wait to see what comes out of it. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Listeners, thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of Renoites and special thanks to my guest, Tucker Rash. As always, if you enjoyed the show, I really appreciate feedback, especially in the form of positive reviews on the Apple Podcast app. You can find us there. Positive reviews help people find the show and just spread the word. This is still a pretty new podcast and I am still trying to let people in town know about it. So tell your friends, share posts, let people know it exists. You can find us on all of the major podcast apps as well as at renoites.com. And I'm going to have a booth at Pride this year. So come on out on July 24th and see me in person. Pick up some Renoites merch. It would be great to see some listeners out there. That's all I've got for you this week. See you next time. (laughs) 